how do you support your stylist to become, or your team, your staff, in becoming a six-figure earner? Hey, I'm Kayla. I am your host of the Profitable Salon Owner Podcast, and hanging out with me today is Holly Fox. What's up, Holly? Hey, what's up, Kayla? It's so good to see you. I know. It's so good to see you as well. This is Holly's second time on with us. Last time we were in Philadelphia and we're sitting next to each other, all glammed up for our party that we had in Philadelphia. <laughs> so it's fun having seen a different little bit of a direction here. It seems funny too to so be all in blinged out sparkles because that's usually what we're doing when we're together. We're, we're all a little low key on the black here. I'm like, okay. I know. And it was twinsing, man. I, <laughs> I love that. I love it. I know being blinged up is very fun. That was a very fun episode. Um, one of my favorites. We, uh, I had makeup for days. You were sparkling. It was a lot of fun. Um, but today we were talking about, we did something in Philadelphia. Um, we honored the earners from our, the earners from our salon owners who have accomplished, um, taking home six figures, um, personally, which was really, really cool. So it kind of inspired Holly to, um, build this kind of episode where we're talking about how do we do that? How do you help your staff become a six figure earner? Um, and we're just going to break it down and talk about that today. So Holly, I'd love to know, like, first, like, what's the most important thing? Like when you have your staff, like what's the most important thing to help them become a six figure earner? They have to believe it can be done. I honestly, that, that really is it. Cause I think so many times, you know, when people get into our industry and we've talked about this on other podcasts that people are like, Oh, don't you want to go do something like this? Or maybe you should go to college. And so there's kind of in that back of their um, mind, like, can I really become a six figure earner? And so our jobs as business, you know, as owners and mentors to our team is really getting them to understand that they can totally become a six figure earner and not by working every night and every weekend. I mean, cause some of those people that walk the stage, they don't work at night. I mean, like, I'm sorry, that's pretty freaking awesome. And they don't have a ton of student debt either. So it, it is a good day. Yeah, just to have it's more than just, yeah, you don't have to grind super, super hard and work for it. I know that even after we, the other stylists, like, saw them walk the stage, we had so many, honestly, like, 20-something people or more. I can't remember, but so many people walked, and then other people were like, I'm going to get that. I'm going to be up there next year because we do our word tour every July. And so it is when people know that it's possible, they're like, I want to mm -hmm. get there too, and then they work towards it. So tell me, where do you begin? Like, so you're a salon owner, and if you're watching and you have six-figure earners already, that's super cool. Um, so I hope this can sharpen and how you help the rest of your team get there. And if you don't have them yet, we're going to start there. So where do you start to begin? Like, does it start at hiring? Like, do you, does it matter who you hire or can you help anybody earn it? You know, I think really, you know, when you're asking that question, you have to hire the right people for your team. And I do think that when you have people that are wanting to have that career focus and they want to have it from the beginning, you know, that honestly, that should be a question in inside the um, interview process, you know, do you want to become a six-figure stylist? Is this something that you think is possible? And really starting at the at the interview is really, really important. And then too, having some sort of training program from the beginning. You know, I, I think sometimes we, you know, we'll see people come out of school and they're like, ah, I don't really need a, a program. But seriously, like it's a roadmap to help you. And as a salon, being able to give them that roadmap of like what their career could look like, what are the steps to take? Because sometimes people don't even know where the, where to begin and where they're going to end up either. 
Yeah. So you're saying like as a salon owner, like be like, have it be a part of something that you offer in your salon. Like I can help you become a six figure earner. And then you disclose that when you go to hire and see, is that something you're interested in? Correct. Cause that too is going to, you know, the vibe attracts, attracts a tribe. You know, I'm sure we've heard that or said that before. And, you know, so if you have a group of people that are, you know, six figure earners, and I don't know if you've ever heard this before. I know we've talked about it a couple of times in different trainings is like, you are, um, you are the sum of the five people that you hang out with. And, and if you're hanging out with five, six figure earners, you're going to be the sixth one. So really being able to, you know, curate that culture inside your salon and right from the beginning is talking to people about that. Yeah. And I feel like, and then they come in with that motivation, like out the gate, like this is what I'm going to help you do. And so then when you start to build them towards that, then it's already like you said it in the beginning. So how do you start that conversation? Like, where do you begin? Like you have somebody come in or say people have people on their team. Like, how do you start the conversation on making that much? Um, You know, we talk for some reason too, it seems like people don't want to talk about money, but like at the end of the day, money is what helps us be able to have the lifestyles that we want, you know, and even having that conversation with your team is like, what kind of lifestyle do you envision yourself in, in five years? And I think that that's one of the things we, you know, a lot of times when we're inter uh, interviewing, we'll say, Oh, where do you see yourself in five years? Instead change that verbiage right away from the beginning is like, what is your dream lifestyle? What would you like to see for yourself in five years? Like really changing that, that kind of conversation versus where do you see yourself in five years? Because people, they can't envision that, but they can envision the lifestyle that they want to have. The things that they want. So looking towards like, you're saying like, look for things like I want to buy a house. I want to buy a car. I want to like whatever it is. And then put the money towards like, instead of being like, how much do you want to earn? Be like, what do you want to have in five years from now? And focus the, the talk towards that. Correct. Correct. Because that, that will really help that conversation because then people can dream it, you know? And if you, if you can help other people achieve their dreams, I mean, I'm sorry, that's a damn good day in my book, you know, because when you're growing other people and then being able to map it out for people, I think I'm a food person. So like everything to me is always about food. So I'm like, you know, how do you eat it? How do you eat a chocolate cake? It's like one bite at a time. So how do you get to become a six figure stylist? one bite at a time, one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And as salon owners, it's our responsibility to show them what that career path is going to be. Because, you know, there are bumps and scrapes and bruises inside the the program sometimes. You're going to be like, okay, in the first year, expect this. Second year, expect Mm -hmm. this. And really, you know, dial in on what it's going to look like for those newer people so they can understand and see that pathway. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying like having one, I love that you said this, of getting more comfortable about talking about money in general, like just having it be like, well, what do you got to do to do that? Now, do you, when you're talking to six figure sales, like, do you have like people's road to get there? Do you have it like more public? Like do people know how much they're earning? Like how does that, because you also said that when people know that it's possible. So where do you balance like people wanting to be private about how much they make? And then the people who are making six figures and sharing that with the rest of the team. So um, I think that it should be public inside our, in our inside your companies. And because here's the thing, you everybody has a goal that they want to reach. And, he, and if you keep that secret, if you're like, I don't want to tell anybody like what I'm making, then, then how is anybody going to know? How do they know how to have those conversations? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, what did they do to get there? And sometimes it's like, we create these stories in our head of like what they had to do. And it's like, that's not really true. Like maybe it's just consistent haircuts. Maybe it's just consistent colors or writing down your formulas. Like that's what somebody did and they can pass that along. But if you keep all that stuff in, um, private, you can't, and you're not talking about always what people are earning. You're talking about what people are selling. 
So if you can more along that aspect of it, it's like, Hey, you know, these are our sales totals. These are what, you know, your goals are in each level. You have a goal. And I think it should be public, you know, like if you're hitting that, then, then you know that somebody is a six figure stylist. Yeah. All right. So let's break it down and talk to you. Like, so you're supporting your staff to get there. What are some key components to, to helping your staff walk that road? Um, clear is kind. So that's the number one thing, having very clear set goals and intentions of like, how do people get to each level and then what things to expect at each level. So for example, in levels, you know, typically one and two, you're the salons are usually the people that are feeding the service providers gas. So to them, that guest is mm-hmm. more important about um, price than the amount of time that it takes to do a service. So you can be a little bit slower. Mm -hmm. So then you start to retain some of those guests. And so, you know, talking at that point with your service providers about your technique, about your speed, about your conversations, like it it tends to be more about guest handling at those levels Mm -hmm. and to be able to then, you know, move up because at each level we find that there's a different, different type of being that you need to become like when we talk about that, you know, and little voices and all that kind of stuff, it's like, you have to become a certain person at each level, you know, at level one, you're, mm-hmm. you're a novice at, you know, when you start getting into those upper higher levels, like your confidence is there, your techniques are there. Like you're in the zone almost every single day with those guests yeah. and that that's what their expectations are. So that that's yeah. kind of how, where to start. How do you start to balance like in, in when you have those conversations on like relationships with the guests and balancing like consistency in their work? Like how do you go deep? Like where do you balance how to build relationships with your guests and also be consistent? Um, so the number one thing I think that is really knowing that your guest is a guest and they're not your friends. Um, I think there's like that, mm. that there's that really fine line because all of a sudden now you're like, Hey, you're my friend. I'm going to give you like that sweetheart deal, like slide in an extra conditioning treatment or say, Oh, I already know that you had some financial problems last week or you, we were out and you complained about your, you know, paycheck or whatever. So now you stop selling them things. So really starting to, you know, honestly treating your guests like a guest and, and having those conversations mm. and making sure that you're consultations always come back to how can I help serve you in that way? It doesn't mean that you're not friendly. It just means like you, you take that level of serving in a different way. And you asked about consistency. And that's something that I think is a huge um, thing that we forget to talk about with our guests is how do you show up? And honestly, that's Mm -hmm. a lot to do with the consistency aspect of it is like your technical skills you know, sometimes people are like, I went through school, I did this haircut, I learned this, I learned that I'm good. And honestly, it's like, you're always honing, it's like the blade of a knife, you're always honing and really dialing in and making sure that you're taking good notes and making sure that you're consistent with your guests. You know, because that's honestly, one of the biggest ways to lose, lose guests is because you're inconsistent. And a lot of times, if I'm being really honest, it's because of what's going on outside the outside the salon and when people's minds aren't, aren't behind the chair and they're with the person that they're working with really struggle with that consistency factor. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting when you said like the guest handling, it feels like the guest handling skills is just as important as important as the technical skills of what you're doing with them. Oh, for sure. Most people can forgive a bad haircut, but it's like, um, I think it's Maya Angelou that says like people will forget what you do, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. So being good, like sharpening those skills on, on dealing with people. I know sometimes like I've been around people who like, don't tell me how to talk to people. And like, they have that attitude. Like, how do you build a culture of talking about how we're interacting with our guests? Like, how do you build, how do you work on that with people? Um, so my favorite thing is role-playing. And, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh man, but it can be really fun. And I think too, it's like, if you can catch people in the moment, that is a very different type of conversation. So, you know, like, you know, managers, owners, trainers, like if you're walking around and you hear somebody celebrate it when they're doing a great job, if they're in, if you yeah. see something that you're like, oh, that could really help with them some tweaking, just ask if you can give some coaching at that point. Cause I think that, you know, so many times people are waiting and, and I've done it before as a salon owner, I'm going to wait and I'm going to talk about it in their one-on-one or, you know, when I get a mm-hmm. chance and then I don't catch them in the moment. And then people are like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Like I did a great consultation and, you know, and really being, and, and I have to say, I think the thing that we forget sometimes as trainers is like celebrate the small wins, really get them on those wins and, and stack on that and make them feel like they're a rock star because guess what they are. And then when there is time yeah. to course correct, give that course correction and then celebrate them when they're doing great. Yeah. And you almost have to get like their buy-in ahead of time. It's like, Hey, like you create this culture of like, I'm helping you get to this place. And so I'm doing these things. And you, if you create your whole salon as a culture of supporting them and giving them those, those celebrating the wins, but then in turn also like, Hey, here's, here's an idea. Here's a tip. And you, you hone in on that, then it'll be easier for them to receive. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, like get your team involved, you know, not, it doesn't have to just be the trainer. It can be, you know, like maybe on the beginning of the week, you know, okay, this is something I'm going to try. How many of you guys, you know, want to see the video or I'm going to show you what I'm doing and then let it be. And like at the end of the week, say, how did that work for you? You know? And I think that that makes a big difference. And that's something too, like inside of your, um, if you're going to do like a Facebook group or you have an app that you're communicating in talking about people, like, what are the things you're going to try this week? Where, what are you winning on? And like, what did you accomplish? And so that everybody on the team is supporting everybody else. It's not an owner and a stylist. It's like, you know, they say it takes a, a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a stylist too, and, and get them to be a six figure stylist and have that support. So yeah. Wow. I love that. Well, we're going to take a commercial break. Um, this has been really great, Holly. When we t- we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the impacts of personal development and confidence and all of those things on how it relates to creating the six-figure earner in your company. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey, HPSA listeners. Let me ask you this. Are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit? Well, with Salon Scale, we take the guesswork out for you. Using a mobile app paired with a Bluetooth scale, Salon Scale will tell you exactly what your color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the ground. As you mix, Salon Scale will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time so you can manage your inventory, cover your expenses, and generate more profit in your salon. Use promo code HPSA10 to get 10% off an annual subscription. Salon Scale the new standard for mixing color. We're Forest, born on the salon floor and built for and by hair and beauty professionals like you. Forest is your marketing, your reporting, your reputation management. You need one easy to use system that does it all. Forest, together we grow. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Profitable Salon Podcast. I have Holly Fox on me today. with me today. We've been hanging out talking about how to create those six-figure earners in your salon. And maybe you already have some, but what if your whole team were six-figure earners and how do you get them there? Um, so if you missed the first half, go back and re-listen because it was pretty, pretty incredible. Um, but we're going to talk about confidence. And I know that sometimes people come into your salon and they're like confidence strong. They're like, man, I'm so good at this. Um, or they can build their confidence easy, but then there's people who can't. So how do you universally support your staff and building their self-confidence? You know, I'm going to go back to wins and win stacking. And I think that, you know, so many times it's like, we try to come up with this like really great formula and it's going to be this and it's going to be like that. Celebrate the wins. And I mean, that's, that's what, you know, a lot of, (laughs) a lot of really successful people, when you talk to them, they're like, that's what we need to do is celebrate it, anchor it. Hmm. And even the people, like you had said, like some of them are already six figure earners, celebrate them, like ask them, do, do, um, mini testimonials so that they can pass it on. Because that's another thing is a confidence booster for them is like, now I've, I've learned how to do this. Let me pass it on to somebody else. And it gives them ownership then too, of helping to grow the people inside the company. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, cause we personal development, like we'll see if you've been on, if you listen to a single podcast before this, you know, that personal development comes out pretty much every episode on just growing yourself as a person. And so how much do you guys like inspire, like, per, like personal development in the salon, but also like in themselves? Like, cause I feel like if you're not growing outside of the salon, you're really probably not growing anywhere. And so how do you guys promote or just encourage that personal development? Um, it, it's kind of funny. Um, and I'm going to go back to like, I'm a, I'm a parent. So like when my kids were little, you tried to hide vegetables in, into their like pasta dishes and stuff like that. You're like, okay, I'm going to hide <laughs> vegetable. Sometimes you're like, people are like, I'm good. I don't need, I don't need none of that. Like I ain't got time for that. You know, that, that they kind of do that kind of thing with, with the personal development. So we sprinkle it in. And I think that, you know, from the beginning that somebody starts with our culture, we talk about little voices. We talk about coaching opportunities. We talk mm-hmm. about doing touch base. We talk about um, doing fun things outside of the company with with um, each other. Like all of these things that we do are all somehow layered with some sort of personal yeah. development, you know? So it's like sprinkling it's in your spice of life. I love that. So it's like the culture of your salon is personal development. Right. And I keep wanting, I keep thinking this thought and I'm like, probably going to remember to say it, but like it sounds like when you, as a salon, if you want six-figure earners and you have to be an intentional salon with your staff and be like, okay, I know I'm hiring people to become six-figure earners. You have to care not only about making your own six figures and your own million dollars, but you have to care for the lives of those who are in your salon and on your staff. You have to care about them enough to be like, I'm going to help you earn this because in the long run, it's going to help you get your goals as well. But if you are intentional about pouring and serving your stylist or your staff or, you know, so you on a spa, whatever it is, if you're intentional about pouring into them, then they will get the results that have then grow up the company as well. And so that's kind of what I've keep hearing in, in the trickle throughout what you've been saying. And I love that. So what do you do when you have like really poor performance or you have things go wrong? Like how do you clean up or how do you not clean up? How do you like, how do you support in the times when maybe somebody made a big mistake or somebody has no confidence or anything negative. How do you support in those times? Um, we do a thing it's called debriefing. And I mean, like to me, like this is, this is where the money is. This is where the magic happens. Um, and, and I talk to people yeah. all the time and, and I've heard it time and time again. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't like conflict. I don't want to have that conversation. It's like, but if you debrief, 
now it's like you just opened up Pandora's box and you get to have like, and, and I mean, in a good way, like you get to have these conversations. You can be like, so what did you think about that? You know, and then when you talk about things, there's opportunities, you know, and, and trust me, we've, we've, we've had our fair shares of muck-ups. I'm not saying that it's like sunshine and roses all the time, but it gives you that opportunity to go, okay, what did I, what, what, what went well? And people will be like, nothing. It's like there, something had to go well. Like, you know, where is the opportunity to learn in this? And then doing that debrief of like, what worked, what didn't work? What did you learn? And then what are you going to do different next time? You know, and, and yeah, that's really where that, to be honest with you, like that magic happens. I think that also letting our team know that they can make a mistake. Like So, like, yeah. I, you know, we live in a world right now where people are like, I'm afraid to make a mistake. It's going to get caught on camera. You know, it's going to be, I'm going to turn into a meme. I don't know what it is, but like people are always making <laughs> mistakes. And so, you know, if you tell your team, yeah, I, and I've done this before, I'm like, make a mistake you know, get a mannequin out and jack that baby up and let's see what happens and then fix it, you know? And now you're giving them power to understand like, what do they need? Like, what can they do? And if they make a mistake, guess what? Then they learn how to fix it. And honestly, that's a way bigger gift than anything in my book. Yeah. Jason just said something the other day on, he said like, I, I'm going to grow quicker because I make mistakes faster, Mm -hmm. which is such a huge thing. Like getting out of this mentality of I like, and then I think too, it's like when you're afraid to make mistakes and when you do, you beat yourself up. I know one of the biggest things I've learned the last couple of months for myself personally is don't focus so much on who you are today and focus more on who you're going to be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And that kind of trickled down for me is like, I want to focus on how I can do better next time. Not what I like, because I know a lot of people can do all like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. Or you have a conversation with somebody and you leave and you're like, oh man. I should have said this, 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 and this, instead of being like, oh man, yeah, I could have said those things. And this is what I learned. And so next time, this is how I'm going to react. And you should be so focused on how am I going to improve the next time I show Mm -hmm. up um, and create that culture and that languaging. So then, and it just becomes, and then it will start to stick again, like those five, six people, your tribe, you start to become like them. And so if you are the top, you're the salon owner and you're like, this is the culture I'm creating. This is how we're going to talk to each other. This is how we're going to be. Then it will start to just bleed out. And I love the intentionality behind that. That's incredible. Um, so what kind of like um, roles and like ongoing – like so you said something earlier. You said like have the six-figure earners and have people support each other. How much like – how much like, you know, t- how much involvement do you have everybody together working on achieving their goals? Because there's an like, individual goal like, hey, I want to re- make six figures. And then there's like, hey, as a team, how do you balance the goals of the team versus the goals of the individual? Well, they should all um, – they should all be intermingled together, you know, because here's the thing. If you have – it's like rowing in a rowboat, you know? Um, I don't know. Like, have you ever been in that time where like, where you're in a canoe with somebody and you've got the person in the back that's like not rowing with you. And you're like, you can't get where you want to go because they're rowing in a completely different direction. Um, (laughs) Like that's what's what, that's what happens where, you know, when you're talking about within a company and where people are going, if everybody's rowing in the same direction, you're going to get there a hell of a lot faster, which means too, is like going back to the intentional hiring. If you're hiring people that are like, Mm -hmm. I want to be a six figure stylist. I want, these are the things that I want, you know, then now you can start to be like, Hey, I can see a place on the team for you because our goals are on the same, same level, you know? Okay. I, I see so many times like people will try to hire somebody and I'm notorious for this. Like people will be like, like I'm totally notorious. Like, Oh, I see the good in them. Like they, I know they can do it. Like, 
like I'm freaking Mother Teresa in the same way. (laughs) In the same way. (laughs) So, and I give a lot of chances too. I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, you're you're fine. But yeah, so sorry, continue. Yeah, I'm just saying like, if somebody, when you're interviewing them and they say these things, like this is what they're, you know, where their mindset is and you, you're going to be able to help grow them. But if you have somebody that's like, you know, I'm doing this as a, you know, a hobby. I only really want to do it part-time. I'm going to go to school for something else. Like that's a whole different ball game. Cause like you're, they're not rowing in the same direction. Is it bad? Absolutely not. Can those people mm-hmm. be a great team member? Can they, can, maybe is there somewhere else they fit inside for your organization? Maybe, but you're, you have to be mindful of like, where is that going and what is that going to do for your, for your company? So, yeah, for sure. So you said something, um, where some people may not be that kind of like, oh, I don't really care about that. I'm just wanting a job or whatever it is. Is there room like to balance the both? Like you, like, do you either like be a salon or like, I'm going to make, I'm going to create six figure stylist and that's my jam. Or can you balance like having six, like here, I'm working these people for six figures and these people are just kind of working here. How does that kind of fit all together? Well, I think that you have, so there's, uh, I recently read something and it was talking about that there's stars and then there's rock stars and you have to have both. Mm. And I think, that, you know, mm. it kind of goes into the pieces of the puzzle because I'll be honest with you, not every single person is going to be a six figure stylist in your company. It's just not going to happen. You're and, and not every single person is going to do extensions or not every single person is going to do color, you know, or barbering. Like, you know, every person wants to also be an individual. It, here it is, is like, you know, and going back to like creating a code of honor, like what is your code? You know, if you have somebody that's there, that's going to be the cheerleader, because we need to have that cheerleader. You know, if they're like, I'm going to do everything I can to support you. And I'm going to, I'm, I may be like, I am a mom, you know, or when I was behind the chair, I was a mom. And I was like, I, I wasn't a six figure stylist because I was working part time behind the chair, but I was bringing in just as much as if I was half of the six figure stylist earners. Does that make sense? So it's like if their focus is to always grow and to get better, that is what you want on your team. What you, you know, Mm. it's kind of like flowers. You got to cut the deadheads off. Like you can't, you have to be able to be (laughs) part of like the movement forward, you know? Um, And that's, you can have people that are like, maybe I don't want to be a six figure earner or, Oh, I only want to be part-time or, Oh, this is what I want to do and really help them be successful. But in all honesty, like it's, it's all about the, the personality and the belief in themselves. And if they, it's all about your code of honor. So if you have those rules and they are part of that code, why they would be a great fit for your team. Yeah. So I love, I want to get clarity from you on like, it's, there's, you know, building, like, I want six figure stylists in my salon, but that could become a, oh, I want it. But even that languaging isn't great. Like I want to be able to offer that opportunity for the people who come into my company to be able to make six figures. Cause like you, we've talked about, like, you can't force somebody down a path. You can't shove you know, a square peg into a round hole, like all those kind of things. Like if people don't want to go there, they don't fit, that's not a good fit. So like you, it's almost like, hey, here's an option. I will help you get there if that's what you want, but you still support your team with where they're at, right? Yes. And I think too, and, that's how you have that conversation in the beginning of, of the interview. It's like, this is what we offer. We as a corporation are focused on creating, you know, wealth-minded individuals that are, you know, and that's another thing too, is like where, when you're making six figure stylists, your mindset's different. You're in wealth mode mindset Mm -hmm. 
versus poverty mindset. And I think there's a very big difference between that. And that's something too, is like, typically when we hire people, they are in somewhat of a poverty mindset because that's where they're, they're at in life. Cause they haven't quite gotten to that wealth mindset. It's our, our, we need a job. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, like you're taking kids, that are, you know, 19 years old They're you know, a lot of times they're still living with their parents. Like so it's a different mindset. So you're also creating that. That doesn't mean that it's not, there's not an opportunity there. That's, you know, you've got to start some of those questions in the interviewing process are opportunities to find out if somebody is a diamond in the rough, if somebody that has Mm -hmm. that idea of like, what do they want to do? And that's where asking what lifestyle do you want to see in five years is, is a very powerful conversation starter. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So have you been, um, when you started your salon, have you been focused on building six figure earners since the beginning or how's that kind of morphed in for yourself personally? Um, you know, to be honest with you, there was a time there that we weren't as focused on it. Um, and I think that, you know, kind of got a little astray on it. And, And I have to say, like, I'm all about focusing on six figure earners. I love the wealth mentality, but at the end of the day, you gotta be able to have fun too. And, and so I think that mm. sometimes, you know, salon owners, you know, and myself included, like, I didn't know how to balance the two. Like, how do I have yeah. fun and have a really great fun working environment and make money? You know, so I really think that, you know, that's where we're hyper-focused on now. And ha- like I said, having a good time, you know, and, and giving your team that opportunity to have fun and enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Holly, for being on with me. I'd love to leave the listeners one last thing. So if you're pursuing this, like what, what would be one main piece of advice that you would give those listening on pursuing what we've talked about today? Pursuing like becoming growing six figure stylist. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I think that, um, the number one thing to me is, is being in growth mode mode and being honest, like going back to that personal development, working on yourself will help you have that team and be able to create a team, a six figure stylist. So that would be honestly, the thing I would say is like, start with yourself, then really create that career path for your stylist, the people that you are bringing in and celebrate those wins. Like I high five the shit out of everybody because that's what you need to be doing in order for them to be, um, be doing that. So, yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Holly. This has been really informative um, and really fun to just chat. I always love talking with you. It's really fun to talk about this. And if you want help in your salon building out what that looks like and just constant support by other salon owners or other people, we got a a group for you. Um, So comment support if you would like some um, and just having – it's always good to have – brainstorm buddies and people who have been through it and have built it and come alongside you. So you'd like support, comment support. And thank you, Holly, for being on here. And I can't wait to talk next time. We'll be talking probably about associate programs because that was what we had talked about before of talking about. So we'll have to have you on talk about that next. So thank you for being here, Holly. And I will see you next time on the Profitable Salon Owner Podcast. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Profitable Salon Owner Podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a review, and check us out at ProfitableSalon.com for more episodes, content, and to help you turn your salon into the business you've always dreamt of.